welcome everybody to the Dreamers Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pardo. Uh, This is episode 236. And of course, I'm joined by my boy Matt here, uh, who's across from me. Hello. uh, You can't see him on camera, but that's by design. And here is, of course, Ava, who's being very noisy today. She's got a lot to say. She went to Target. All right, Ave. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about today, Matt. And so apparently so does Ava. She needs to go to sleep, though. So we're going we're gonna to put her in this little thing like this. And we're going to try to get her to rock to sleep while I uh, lay down some dreaming news. If we can't, we can't get, we're just very tired. That's, that's basically what this comes down to. We're so tired that it's, Ava, it's all right. All right, let's change, let's change this. All right, so let's move on. Uh, so, uh, this, this episode is of course sponsored by MoviMail, MoviMail.com. You can go check it out. Uh, it's a great community where you send an envelope and I think we found the spot here, uh, where you send an envelope to other <coughs> dreamers and, and motivated people like yourself, and then they receive, you, you know, you don't know who receives your, your envelope, then you receive an envelope from somebody who doesn't know that you're going to receive it. And it's just to, to motivate people uh, to, to just be inspired and do better and do more, and uh, go check it out. There's a whole cool video that I got the voice, um, I, uh, was a whiteboard video as they called them. Over at movymail.com, M-O-V-Y mail.com. Matt, how was uh, how was your week? Yeah, it was pretty productive. I'm getting ready to move into a new apartment, so a lot of last minute scheduling and you know, kind of getting ready for that that whole move. But uh, it's gonna be exciting. And I was also working on this. Uh, I haven't got it working yet, but I found this uh, guide for. Uh, there's an app. Well, actually, I guess you could do this for iPhone too. But for Android, it's called Tasker. Okay. And somebody made a. Basically, it'll calculate your mileage automatically every time you drive and then export it to a, a Google Doc file that actually is in a format that would be accepted by the IRS. So, for example, if you're driving so far to get to work, you, you can actually illustrate, hey, here's all the miles I've done exclusively for work. And then, you know, tax time comes around, get a hopefully hefty uh, you know, refund. Oh, well, that, that's awesome. It's, it's a lot of work to set it up. I'm having some problems. So <laughs> hopefully by the end of the week, I'll have it working because uh, I commute a lot. So that for me, this would be great. Yeah, yeah, you do. You definitely commute a lot. Um, yeah, you should be trying to get um, a write-off of yeah. sorts for that for that mileage. Just like uh, one of the things that I looked up over the week, and I was pretty sure you could do it, but I just wanted to check to make sure mm-hmm. is you can actually write off the shipping really of of your of the stuff that you're shipping out like through mm-hmm. Amazon to sell. So yeah, so definitely should be be looking at, at doing that as well. I, I know I will be because oh, yeah. my shipping is well over a thousand dollars this year, and it's definitely something that we can we can write off. I know uh, as well, like with with speaking and and all that. Like I need to be recording the miles and all. It's a lot, a lot of work. Uh, it is, yeah. Just when I looked at the example of the Excel doc, I mean, there's a ton of information. <laughs> so. I can get it working. I'll uh, I'll put up a link, or I guess I'll give you a link in the show notes if I can get this working on my phone. Yeah, uh, I would I love to have a have uh, throw the link up in the show notes. Yeah, pretty pretty useful. Awesome, awesome, awesome. How much is it? Well, it's technically uh, Tasker. I think it was like five bucks, and most of the plugins are free. It's just it's very time consuming. They all have to be configured a certain way. 
Um, but once you get it working, I mean, that's man, that's it. It's basically you know one time fee. Yeah, oh, Ava seems to like it. <laughs> so if you're watching here on on Facebook Live, and you should be, which is Facebook Live dot com slash Super Joe Pardo. Uh, I need to make sure I'm not clicking anything because she's her feet's hitting the hitting the the, the keyboard over here. Um, you should be watching live on Facebook Live or watching afterwards on YouTube at superjoepardo.com dot com slash tube t u uh, b. Uh, one th- oh, so one thing that's different since if you are watching live, uh, I have a new drinking cup. Uh, so I know some people had said that my other cup was pretty big. I'm trying to get it so that the light isn't. Ooh, we're burping. Uh, so the light isn't isn't reflecting. But uh, but yeah, it's a dragon. It's almost like a um, like a pitcher. It looks like a pitcher, like that you would put like milk or something in. I was down at Sea Isle uh, City over the weekend, and they had a food truck festival. So. One of the things there was a uh, like a soda truck uh, or or cart type thing, and for it was like eighteen dollars, but you get to keep the mug. And I was as soon as I saw the mug, I was like, "Yes, I gotta have this." Um, <coughs> all you could drink soda, and they had like some art sodas, like uh, black cherry and vanilla, and like different different kinds of flavored sodas, rather than just like their standard uh, Pepsi or Coke stuff. Um, so. So yeah, so now I have a nice mug instead of my um, Nutribullet or ni- whatever it's called. Yeah, Nutribullet um, uh, giant plastic cup to drink out. Plus, it's got a wider base, so I don't have to worry about tipping it as much as my Nutribullet that had a very slim right. uh, bottom to it. So so uh, let's see what else has been going on this week. So this week is it's, it's going to be a really tough week uh, on me. It's already been a tough week. So uh, I've been I've been dealing with being sick for the past like. I don't know, a week or so, hmm. as it is. Not like sick, sick, not like normally like I get sick. And this is actually the first time being sick that I can recall in, in quite a while. Um, where I am uh, just coughing, like a lot. <coughs> like <coughs> like that, actually. So it's it's been kind of difficult to um, to have the energy to keep it all keep it all going here. But uh, I've been taking you know medicine every day, and and it's been getting a little bit better than last night. It got really worse, and this morning I did not feel good at all. But here we are. We're talking and we're doing. Uh, this week I am speaking twice. I'm speaking at Pod Talk Philly. So if you're in the Philadelphia area and you love podcasting and want to learn, uh, my talk specifically will be about growing your audience through your guests or guest experts, as everybody likes to call them these days. Right, Ava? Yeah, that's that's right. And the guest, you know, the whole guest expert thing, and how how you can use it to your advantage versus um, what some people like to think is the way to go. And uh, I have my own opinions after two years of doing it. So so yeah, there's definitely some some stuff to be learned, some stuff to be discussed, and of course I'll be taking questions afterwards. It's uh it's in Fishtown in Philadelphia. Um, if you go to my website superjoeparter.com, you could like click the link. Uh, or just follow the the address um, that's on the bottom of the screen here, and get there from from here if you're watching it live. Um, yeah, there's a link with all the the information and all that. It's totally free. There's food and beer and and water and sodas and stuff for people to drink. It's uh, Nikki uh, Purdy and Eileen run it. Like if you if if you're on Blab a lot, you know Eileen. Like she's all over the Blab thing. <laughs> 
Um, so, so yeah, go, go check that out. If not, if you won't be there, I will have the video up on YouTube at superjoeparter.com slash tube, uh, shortly, probably like the next day or so, or maybe next week. Cause I got a lot, lot going on this week. Uh, so then on was well, that's Wednesday night and then Thursday, like late morning, I'll be speaking in Camden, New Jersey at uh, HopeWorks. Now we talked about HopeWorks before Matt and the, and the awesome work that they're doing there to uh to bring computer jobs, technology jobs to an under is it underserved community? I think uh, underprivileged. Underprivileged, underserved, under a lot of things. Right. Um in in you know, if you know Camden, it's it's not it's not really all that great there uh with the exception of the water <coughs> excuse me the uh the waterfront so they're doing they're doing their part for the last 15 years to bring uh training and and not just training but internships so paid internships so they're paying these kids and they're paying these young adults uh to learn how to you know better to code and lose use computers and how computers work and uh get their degrees get their geds uh, get them through high school, then get them their jobs that they that they want. So it doesn't even just have to be in computers, but you know, at this point, pretty much every job is requiring that you use a you know that you be able to use a computer, and that's really what they they help you do. But they help you uh, learn how to how to think better rather than just like oh here's how you use Excel and Word. And actually, it was really interesting. Speaking of that, uh, I was finishing up a documentary about the British and the, their video game industry and all like the, the original creators of a lot of these systems and the games and we apparently don't like to move in this position anyway uh so i was trying to uh, i was watching that and what um what stood out to me was that in in especially in england they have put uh they have a severe amount of kids not going into computer science classes more they they're basically they they're treating their computer um and and i think actually kind of i mean we weren't really like that i guess but kind of we were uh treating their computer classes more like here's how to type here's how to oh no here's how to oh no uh here you know here's how to work in excel and here's how to do it and it basically is turning uh these kids off from the idea of becoming uh computer engineers computer scientists programmers like it's it's really like killing their future as far as that goes and and we all know that that technology is the future so it's really important that they get kids back involved uh with with computers more than just like here's how to work in an office setting because yeah that's boring yeah no that's exactly what they were they were teaching you're right it was you know like uh being able to type quickly and then like the most basic (laughs) excel access you know word i mean stuff that anybody can pick up just Really not that useful. I mean, if they had done something like like kind of basic scripting courses or just any anything with programming, there's so many other avenues I could have pursued that would have been more useful. But, right. I and guess. there was. I mean, we had access to other classes, but but I think that kids, you know, they need to know how things work in order to figure out how to use them better. Um, especially while they're still young and they can absorb that type that type of knowledge, versus when they get older and they don't have time to be like, well, let me Google how this works. Because that that time just doesn't doesn't exist. I mean, look, look, I'm sitting here with with Ava and trying to keep her happy at the same time having this conversation with you, Matt, and the live streamers and the podcast and all that, and and watching, you know, to make sure that everything's recording properly and we're we're videoing properly and and all of that. 
Hey, all right, all right, all right. We'll just keep bouncing. We're just gonna keep bouncing. Um. So yeah, so it's really it's really tough. Uh, or it's re- well tough in in the sense of where these kids are coming from, uh, and then getting an amazing opportunity to learn stuff that they would have no opportunity to learn otherwise. Uh, so then the other thing is I'm speaking at the UN United Nations, uh, in July, uh, the, I think the 17th, I think it's July 17th. So it's, it's, that's going to be awesome. Um, looking forward to it. It's going to be, it's going to be a great time. I'm going to miss this little girl, of course, while I'm away, cause I'll be in New York, uh, without her and, and Melissa, of course. So it's, it's going to be sad, uh, being, being away. That'll be the longest I've ever been away. Uh, since, since this little girl was born, so. Oh, Eva. All right, so, uh, let's see, topics here. Oh, um, uh, oh, did I, did I, did I get around to finishing the story about the cup and, like, the background of it? No, I believe there's more to that. You were just saying that they had a bunch of flavors and they had a large cup, but I believe there was also a... A charity behind that? <laughs> something something to that effect. I didn't get the whole story. Um, and maybe if you go online, it's uh, sodacityonline.com. It, it lo- it, from what I understand, it was started up by a bunch of firefighters who were first responders on 9-11. So they, uh, they got together and they, they started up like a, like a soda truck, and, uh, and, which is cool. And I, I'm sure that out of the $18, something probably went to some foundation for firefighters or something. Uh, so really, really great, uh, you know, really great cause or at least really great people that were willing to put their life on the line that day, uh, and be selfless like that. So, and we're just being really loud. We're just being really, really loud. Okay. So, uh, oh, so I got like, I don't want to count my (coughs) chickens before they hatch, Matt, but I, I did get, um, I did get shortlisted for a talk. Uh, in front of 450 community leaders and volunteers. It's okay, Ava. You're all right. And <laughs> sorry about all the uh, the crying. Anyway, it's it's a, an amazing opportunity, and I hope that I get it. Uh, I I feel like I'm pretty qualified to to do what they're what they're looking for. And, <laughs> and uh. Hopefully, we'll find out in the next week or two whether or not I am, am lucky enough and fortunate enough to get it. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was just thinking, like, we, you know, so many podcasters and radio and, and, and really anybody trying to record is always trying to go out of their way to get the best possible sound with the least amount of noise. I mean, myself included, as far as, like, getting these, you know, sure SM7B microphones and... Uh, Making sure that my computer is as quiet as possible, and none of that matters because you got an Ava in, in the wings here, who's just going to town. Yeah, she's she's not having it. No, she she is definitely not having it, and that's that's okay. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Um. Uh, so the month of July, I have a, a lot of things coming up, mostly in this week or in early July. But what I really want to do in July is is focus on bringing the show to m- possibly more than one day a week, uh, where I do like these these topic talks and and utilizing some of these topics 
that I've talked about in the past and maybe expanding upon some of them, updating some of them with new uh, views that I have. And, and really that goes along with um, upgrading the, the YouTube channel, the superjoepardo.com slash tube, and just really elevating that to bring, to bring it to like another audience. Um, and then utilizing those YouTube videos as audio files as like short episodes. So, so these episodes might be like two minutes, one minute, five minutes, ten minutes. It depends how long it takes for me to talk about a topic sometimes as I can be kind of long-winded as, as you all know. So, uh, yeah, but I'm really excited about the, the proposition of bringing, uh, the show to YouTube in a, in a more formatted, um, regular sense. So, so I'm just looking down at my shirt and it's all got spit up on it. Um, so yeah, so I'm really, really looking, looking forward to that. (coughs) So look for, yeah, so look forward to that. I I don't want to make any commitments yet as far as like how many days a week extra I'll be doing or how often they'll definitely be. I'm going to try for one, one extra show a week, but we'll. We'll see what happens. Sometimes maybe I'll be able to get some more than than others uh, since they're short. But probably like around like a Thursday or a Friday release date. Um, so like every Friday I have like an extra episode where you can cut, you know check out a topic and it's just real short and we go in and and uh, and and discuss it as in depth as we can. Uh, so let's see here. So I had a question over the weekend uh, that I saw that was proposed about uh, do I do I get nervous before I go and speak? And I don't know, Matt. Like, well, you got to see me the other you know the other day at the Kitty Pernor Expo, right? Would you say I was nervous? No, you weren't. It's funny because I was actually asking the same question. You know, if you had any anxiety about going up on stage, and you said no. You know, it's. You know, for you, it, was, uh, it seemed like it was pretty easy because you just you went up there, you launched right into it. You didn't seem to get hung up on anything, and you didn't have any index cards. You're trying to, you know, flip through it like you were just prepared, professional. You know, I just went right through it like it was, you know, like nothing. So that, that was pretty cool to watch. Oh, well, well, thank you. Um, Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, having slides helps because, but in some ways having slides doesn't help because you can't really go off topic too much because you're kind of on a, on that rail of uh of it so for me my response to that is it really i don't get nervous if i if i know that i can talk from the heart right so like if i know that if if what i'm going to talk about isn't um something that i don't understand really well or because because in order was it they said like who was it um it was there Ben, I think it was Einstein, but it might have been Ben Franklin. It's like if you can't explain something simply, then you don't know it well enough. That's and that's what it comes down to. Like you need to you need to know with the topic that you're talking about so well that you can just explain it as like simplistically as possible. And if you can't, then you you really just don't know enough about it to uh, to do that. So for me, it's like okay, well if I got to go up and talk about something straight from the heart, something that I live and breathe and eat and and all that like. Aside from coughing <coughs> constantly, uh, I should be able to maintain enough of a of a consciousness of thought that, or a stream of consciousness, I should say, that I'm able to to just 
talk about could like as if i was talking on this like about it on the show or just with somebody like sitting here in my kitchen oh no 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 we're losing it again um so uh and sometimes your, your, your stream of consciousness gets gets thrown off a bit it's all right it's all right Shh. like a contest in here just say how long can we how long can we maintain a yell all right hold on. we're gonna we're gonna do something that calms her down That's it. all right so so yeah so for me like i i think that if you can um if you can do something that uh comes from the heart comes from your mind comes from a place that you understand so well that it's just it, you know it's second nature to you and in my case entrepreneurship uh, business, uh, dreaming, all of that, apparently making a baby calm down, uh, all that comes with, <laughs> comes to mind. And I can, I could talk, uh, talk to those topics pretty well without need of, uh, a lot of, a lot of forethought. Now with that said, forethought is, is helpful because you do want to, uh, I don't want to say draft, but like build a story that people can follow, right? Like a beginning, a middle and an end. And, and it's really, uh, important that you, you, you're able to, to do that. Cause if you can't, people will get lost. And I know that sometimes I'm not always the best at doing that. And that's why if I try to make bullet points, at least if in my, in my mind and keep those bullet points fresh in my mind, I can follow along with that and connect the dots. Um, I also, uh, um, attribute a lot of that ability uh to do all of that through uh from DJing from my past in DJing being able to build a story of music building you know and all that so it's really important though that you 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 build that uh that arc and I know Matt you as a storyteller you uh you definitely know how to to do that that beginning middle and end part really really well and then, you know, that just comes from, uh, you know, essentially practice. I mean, part of writing is, you know, the more you read, the better you will be at writing because, you know, you start to learn how to put a story together, you increase your vocabulary, and uh, you learn how to build interesting characters. But, you know, like anything else, if you don't put it into practice, <laughs> you know, you're not going to be as good as you could be. And it's, it's a tough field to stand at, and is you know, same thing with public speaking. I mean, that's... Or, or, or trying to go to sleep, apparently. Well, yeah, that, that's There's it. There's a beginning, middle, and end. And right now, we're, we should be in the middle of sleeping. Yeah. But we're, we're having tough just, trouble just getting to the start well, of it. Could be uh, teething, right? You're saying maybe she might be what's going on? Um, possibly. She, she has been drooling a lot, lot, lot more uh, in recent, you know, recently than, than she was just before, uh, maybe like two weeks ago. So she, she might be... She she quite possibly could be teething. She likes to chew on the the frozen. They look like dog right um, play toys mm-hmm. yeah. that you put in the refrigerator or freezer, and uh, she definitely likes to to get her get her mouth on those. So, well, I don't know. <laughs> don't know enough. I'm not a not a doctor. It'll be a while before a little while before she gets to go back to a doctor. 
which is actually surprising how how uh, how much time there is between those doctors' visits. And um, so yeah, so for me, I don't get nervous. I used to get nervous. Um, I, I guess sometimes, I, like I said, I can I can be nervous, especially if I'm trying to talk. Like I like here's an example. I was put on the spot to do a uh, an icebreaker talk about myself the other day at, at one of the Toastmasters meetings. And it was tough because I had found out like just five minutes before I was asked to go up front and talk about myself. And as Matt, you know, and Ava knows and anybody watching um, knows, like I do so many things and and I want to get them all out there. And it's tough because I can't get them all out there, um, especially if, oh, this, you know, goes on. But more importantly... Excuse me. The uh, it's tough to get all those things out there in because you have like three minutes. So I was like, I'm trying to talk about myself. It's like I have to pick just like one thing that exemplifies everything, but at the same time, I want to I want to explain everything. And and they told me afterwards, they're like, Oh, you did a good job. The problem is, is you tried to you tried to talk too much about everything. Like you have a lot inside, and you want to let it all out, and you can't. Which is funny because, you know, it seems like a lot of people I've run into that are trying to do public speaking have a hard, or it's the opposite. Like, they only have so much to say and it's like I have all this empty time. How do I how do I pad this out? Whereas you, it's like I don't have enough time. I sit here and talk all day. <laughs> and if you let me. But, uh, but I, don't, I don't like to. I, you know, as a, as a uh, bis- the business side of things and, and as the human side of things, I'd much rather uh, listen a lot of times. Uh, because I, that's how you learn. That's how you understand other people. That's how so many things can happen for you if you if you listen. So being able to talk, like, yeah, sure. I mean, that's the whole reason I opened the show up to to this uh, pre-show because I wanted the ability to add my own, you know, follow along with my story, follow along with what's going on, um, follow along to as I live my dreams, and then talking about topics. And and maybe what will end up happening is I'll do more of the me talking about myself in these pre-shows and leaving the topics for these these mini episodes. I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I mean, so far I've, I've had so much fun doing these, not just the live streams, but just talking with you know catching up with you, Matt, and having Ava here, who's like staring off in the space now, finally for the moment. Um, it's just been a lot of fun, and it's been really dynamic for me as a uh, as a podcast. <coughs> excuse me, as a podcaster, and not being having to be a slave to editing all of this. And yeah, sure, there's lots of crying, and I'm coughing, and it, no, it's not perfect. But uh, I think it lends itself to the 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 fact that look, I don't have time for that. I don't have time. I barely have enough time to get on this mic and do the the live recording as it is. Um, as Mondays is, is all about dreamer, you know, mostly all about dreamers podcast and getting that episode together and, and out. So, uh, while I used to be all like, Oh, I got to edit all of this and how we got to have separate channels and, and no, like I don't have to do any of that anymore. I just, I, there isn't time. It's not that important. The content's more important than anything. And, and I think that comes with a certain level of confidence of like knowing that like, look, what I'm talking about is good enough and and I'm not just talking about for myself, right? That this, that might just came off and sound really cocky. But in general, when we when we create projects um, and we create things for others, um, we need to have the confidence that it's like, look, this is 
this is the best work that I can give with the amount of time that I have, with the resources that I have. And that's, you know, as was I was reminded the other day, my books, you know, this these are what the results of, of when you, this is what you have available to you. And this is what you can accomplish. And this is, you know, what's what I can do in the time frame that I have. Um, the content's good. Uh, the art is, you know, debatable. But art's art. <laughs> but but that's the whole point it was on me and it's it's on me and my creativity and sure the execution could be a thousand times better if i had more time if i had a budget if i had if i had if i had if i had but the point is is it's done you know we i did what i could do with what i had i'm proud of what i've done and i've taken it to you know a higher level than i thought i could get and we're going to continue to grow as that as that goes. Um, so with all that said, I want to talk about demolition. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so I was watching uh, the the new um, Jake Gyllenhaal film called Demolition uh, the other day, and and it's really a great great movie. Like if you're, uh, I, I mean, I'm a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Like, huge, huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan. So, for me, I love seeing him in, in any like any movie he's done, I, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Uh, the thing about Demolition was, and, and it, I guess to me it's a little disappointing, because he, he always seems to play the same, like, types of characters with, like, ticks and stuff like that. Like, they have, like, little, uh, like, odd, like, they're always odd. Like, they're just odd people in general. <laughs> For one reason or another. And the message to me that I got out of it was that you need to stop existing and start noticing things in life. You know, it, it's so easy to get wrapped up in, in, in just existing. And I would say that a good example or maybe a somewhat good example of that was that um, the movie Click with Adam Sandler. Uh, you know, going through life and just existing rather than doing what you you can to to make it more fulfilling um to notice things and to pay more attention to the people around you and what they're saying and not just blowing them off because well i'm on to the next thing of how i'm going to make more money so we can keep this perpetuating this life that we don't really care about going you know and and i don't really know what it is that i want out of life because I've never stopped to think about what it is that I want out of life. So we're just going to keep we're just going to keep rolling with it. And it kind of like snowballs into this thing where it's like, well, this is your life. You know, it's like that that show like this is your life and they had the people want out of Do you remember what that was called? Uh, the only th- was it called This is Your Life? It probably was. I the only thing I think of when I hear that is the uh the Sesame Street spoof <laughs> with the uh, guy Smiley. You know, that's Guy Smiley. Oh, yeah, he's talking he, about the blue guy? No, nah, he was the orange puppet like the uh had like a giant mouth. Oh, this guy Smiley. This is your liar or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, alright, alright. I know it's yeah. Um So <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I, I, I think that it's really easy to fall in that trap. And I know that I personally fell into that trap. Um because when you're not happy about the things that are going on, whether it's <coughs> things that you can control or not, that it's you need to take a step back 
And in my case, it took, you know, almost three years of taking a step back and looking hard at like, what is it about what I'm doing with my life that I like? How can I expand upon those things that I like? How can I expand upon the people that I like, the people that I get along with, the people that matter to me versus continuing down a path of even if it's successful to give you what you want, like monetarily or, or materialistic expanding upon what is success to you. And, and that, you know, obviously success could be a lot like one of many different things. It doesn't have to be, uh, just, just that one, like, Oh, it's just money or it's just this or just that. But success in, in the idea that's like, like, look, I, I have a baby now <laughs> and, and I <coughs> love being around her and watching her grow and watching her learn. Like we talked about before about the whole, like her watching her hand. And it's like, no one's going to be like, yo, Ava, everybody knows how to use their hands. You don't, you don't have to figure out how to use your hands, but you're going to go and be the best hand noticer that you could be, you know, up until you move on to the next thing. Um, and, and actually Matt showed me a picture of, of the guy smiley. Uh, if he, if he saves that picture and, and emails it to me, uh, or we look it up afterwards, yeah. I'll, I'll get that picture in the, in the show notes. No, you're right. The show, the original show is called, this is your life. The parody I was thinking of was called here is your life, but mm. yeah. So no, you're, you're dead on. And yet, you know, success, uh, it's, yeah, it's measured in different ways. I mean, certainly having a child is a, a huge milestone and you know, yeah, we, we talked before. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to come in and say, oh, you know, well, that's not impressive. You know, we all had babies or, you know, we all have hands. Ooh, big deal. I mean, it's probably like, the, you know, that one jerk somewhere. Somebody has to be a... I'm sure somebody... got to be rude, but... Doesn't, doesn't like their life enough to want to go and try and ruin others. Right. Or just bring others down, like, without even realizing that they're doing it. Yeah, there's, there's people out there like that. I mean, it's... But the thing is, you know... Okay, so but so why? I mean, you're 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 confident in what you're doing. Ultimately, what does it really matter to you? What some some stranger or some like angry family member or you know, whatever uh, says or thinks about you? And you know, it's like in the course of your day, it really means nothing. It's irrelevant. In fact, it's it's almost a. In certain ways, it would be a compliment to you. It's like, wow, they took that much time to like to hate me or to say something so nasty, like. <laughs> Am I really that much more impressive? They got like try and bring me down to their level. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. And and it's it's tough because I I've run into that whole like I don't want to brag, mm-hmm. but technically everything that I do and everything that I could be doing and anything that I could be showing, whether it's online, like living a certain life or traveling around, like technically that's going to make somebody unhappy about what I, what it is or turn somebody off sure. to, to me or, or what I'm doing and not just me. And, and I'm not just trying to, I'm trying to pin it as, as anybody that's trying to do whatever it is that they're, excuse me, that they're trying to do like whatever it is that you're trying to do. Like there could be somebody else out there that, that feels a certain way. And it's tough because even though like, I don't want to spend time thinking about 
those people or the, the people that want to uh, bring me down, you do get a little <laughs> satisfaction when you could be like, hey, look, I'm doing this. Right. What are you doing? But and I and I could I guess I could lie and be like, oh, well, it's because I want to inspire people to do better. Like I do want I, everybody should be happy. Right. Everybody deserves a right to be happy. And I, I think that no matter who it is, no matter what kind of issues that we have with each other or whatever's going on, like it, even if you're going through a divorce, like the other person sh- deserves to be happy in whatever capacity that is. And if they can't be, well, then that's a shame for them. But that doesn't mean I have to like bring my life down for them or to them. Yeah, you have enough people trying to bring you. Down. <laughs> enough people want to do that for you that want to bring you down, and you know, and just and that's that's anybody, anybody that either finds success or even people that change. It's like, you know, like oh, we were both fat, so we went out and ate ate out all the time. Now you're losing weight, and you know, now I feel crappy about myself. So, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna try and uh, you know force you to eat more. Like that. That's there's people like that. That kind of stuff happens. I mean, it's. It's unfortunate, but right. They don't want to see you elevate yourself. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Those types of situations do put us in, in a situation where we would be like, you know, I want to, I want to show off my new girlfriend to, (laughs) to, to the ex or something to that effect. Or, or here's my shiny new car. Like you can hate all you want. You can be mad at me all you want. But I'm still the one getting in this car, right? Or as as I had to put it to somebody once that was um, trying to pick up Melissa at a wedding, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you could say whatever you want to say, but at the end of the night, she's still getting in my car, like, mm-hmm. and we're going right back to our house. Like, it doesn't matter to me. And it gave him insight because he was mm-hmm. he was a little, uh, you know, he he was indulging himself in 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 drinks and stuff like that. Um, but you know, and it's flattering that, that, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, somebody's hitting my, on my wife. I mean, obviously they find her beautiful. So, you know, it's flattering for her to be hit on, but at the same time, well, no, like, it wasn't. Yeah, she was well, actually, <laughs> she was not happy about well, it. Maybe the all. guy, was he like a troll? Like, was he being really like saying some nasty stuff? Or? Uh, I guess. I don't know. I kept ignoring from across the table. <laughs> mm. uh, you were definitely the bigger man in that situation. Cause you know, it's, <coughs> yeah, that, that that could have gone a couple different ways. <laughs> of course. It, and yeah. It, yeah. And it could, um, but that's, that's the problem. Like, and, and that's, well, that's the whole thing of being confident in yourself. It could, mm-hmm. it could, while it makes you feel good, it didn't make Melissa all that happy. Cause she's like, yeah, I wanted you to come in and, and protect me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but he wasn't doing anything other than talking to you. Right. Like get up and go to the bathroom or something. Yeah, I like, it can go either way. Like there's been situations where start a fight at my friend's wedding. <laughs> I stepped in. It's like, you know, and then later it's like, oh, thanks for stepping in our times. Like, oh, no, why'd you make a scene? Like he was just talking to me. Like, Oh, I thought, well, oh, you thought it was go time. Now on the jerk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <like> exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. You, you try and play it by ear, but it's, you can't always be right. Yeah. yeah you, no, you can't. But when you're right, you're, you, do you want to, you know, right. um, put a tally up that like, Hey, I was right that <laughs> yeah, one look. time I did the right thing. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's tough. Cause like, I, I don't, I don't like to overtly brag, but then I also at the same time believe in the, and I forget who it was. I think it was a base, an old baseball player. Hmm. It was like, look, it's not bragging if you can do it. And and there's been other yeah, people that have yeah, said that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I try to, I try to go by that because it's like, look, I, I'm not trying to brag. 
But at the same time, like, people, if you don't let people know what you're doing, then they won't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you don't put it out there, no one's going to know. Right. And sure, there's going to be people that, that don't want to hear about what you're doing because they're either upset, they're probably gave up on what it is that, it, that made them happy to some extent. Um, and they're just not, they just won't, they refuse to be happy. Now, if that's the case, then maybe my suggestion to those people is maybe they should start spending less time with you. You, you know what I mean? Right. Spend less time with that person who's telling you. Um, and of course, you could always take it to the extreme of like, well, that person, all they do is talk about how they're jet setting around the world in their Ferrari <laughs> or whatever. I mean, in their their own jet, <laughs> not not in a, you don't jet around. That would be pretty pretty cool though oh yeah um, you, just, you, know, you don't want to fall into that trap of comparing yourself to other people and but you know you're right though. i mean you have to promote yourself especially you know when you're talking about a business and it's I mean, it's easier to promote yourself to say like you know friends and family because I, a friend will you know they're they're interested in what's going on in your life I mean, you could be talking about anything is you know and they're they want to hear about it when you're trying to talk to complete strangers trying to network with strangers that's when it becomes a lot harder. I think that's kind of like a better measure of your level of success in terms of how well am I promoting myself when I have X amount of people I don't know that are consistently listening to what I have to say or watching my YouTube videos or what have you, buying my books as opposed to like, oh, I got like, you know, 20 people, but, you know, it's it's my cousin and my, you know, my brother and my sister. It's like, like all right, yeah, they, you know, that's, they're kind of a given. <laughs> no, but they're, well, but they're that's not, a good place though. to start. They're not, though, because a lot of times, and and I found this from other people that I've talked to that are in in like content creation. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, those people that are your family won't watch or listen. Really? Yeah. And and the reason is, is if you wanted to know, you would just go talk to them. So they're actually might be your toughest critics, then, as opposed to. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about the word critic necessarily, but toughest to get to um, listen or watch or mm-hmm. participate or anything like that. Especially if they're not really, really into what you're doing. Um, especially if you, like, say you were uh, doing something with video games. Right. And no one in your family is doing anything with video games. They're probably not going to watch and, and listen. Now, I mean, maybe your mom will. Maybe your dad will. Maybe once in a while. Um, but, you know, if they really don't know, then then chances are they're probably not going to invest that that extra time. Maybe they'll check it out once, mm-hmm. you know. And they won't be negative about it, but they just they don't know, so that it's not it doesn't pique their interest, and that's fine because when you do things like that, when you when you do anything really, you're not supposed to be for everybody, so it it's okay, it's it's okay, you can let it go. Yeah, I don't think there's any like universal I don't know TV show or podcast or anything that everybody agrees is you know absolutely worthwhile. You must always tune in. You know, I was a, Super, Super Bowl. Pop- <laughs> I don't know. Not even that. I mean, I only watch the Super Bowl a handful of times, and mainly, you know, more for the commercials. Not to like out myself as a, a non-sports fan, but unless I'm watching with friends, I'm, I'm not really that interested. But that's okay. I, it's not, again, it's not for everybody. Yeah, but you would you still watched it? Like, even if you just watched for the commercials, mm-hmm. you you still partook. Well, even then, I mean, you know, I could just get the commercials, part. you know, later on YouTube. But That's again, true. it's but part, in this case, they, they just put the commercials out right. before <laughs> the thing even happened, so you already seen but some of the commercials. A lot of it is, you know, you know, humans are social creatures. We want to go out and, and hang out with our people. Like anything's more fun when there's somebody else involved. You know, like going to a concert or watching the Super Bowl or what have you. Right, right. You, know, you can do it by yourself. You can go out and have a good time, but it's it's much neater if you're like somebody else is there. Like, oh, I remember when this happened, and then you know some 
crazy thing. Instead of trying to explain it after the fact, it's like, oh, it was so amazing. And they're just kind of giving you a look. You're like, well, it kind of had to be there. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah. And that, of course, that's a lot of, a lot yeah. of times uh, you just have to be there. Um, so, yeah, so it really just comes down to, to being confident uh, in, in what you, what you do, why mm-hmm. you're doing it and, and staying steadfast about it. But at the same time, like, are going back to the to the example of like, well, it, you know, is it showboating? Like, oh, well, I'm wearing a Rolex, you know, like, and I'm and I'm driving this expensive car. To a certain extent, like, I I get it. Like, I get it. like you could you could be dressed as any, like anything you want, but if you roll up in like a Bentley, people are just going to all of a sudden make an assumption that. Wow, that must he must be like a rock star. He must be doing something where he could just dress however he wants and society's just going to accept him because clearly he's driving an expensive car. And I, I just don't know how I feel about that. It's kind of <laughs> it's a shame. Because I mean, on one hand, it's like if you're if like you know, you mentioned <laughs> Kanye West in the past, you know, basically Kanye West uh his job is to promote to promote himself. So of course, you know, if you're Dressing flashy, driving flashy, you know, it's, it's good for you in turn, you know, promoting yourself and, you know, getting out there and getting people's attention. But on the other hand, it's like, well, you know, I'm trying to be humble about it. I try not to rub it in people's faces. So it's, I think you could find a happy balance where you can be happy about things you've accomplished, but not be like a total jerk about it. And unless, unless you are a total jerk, in which case it's not going to make a difference. <laughs> well, there, okay. So like, there, like with the example, of Kanye West, the, like with the, when Kanye West did the album with Jay-Z, they did that. Um, they did a music video where they actually, um, <laughs> they took Saul's and they, I think it was, um, uh, a Rolls, Rolls Royce, I think, or a Bentley, one or the other. And they cut the roof off of it mm. and then sold it for charity. Like, no, you don't get to just do that. And I mean, obviously you gotta have the money and obviously they're so well established or whatever, but, uh, it, that's like, Oh, you're showboating for a good cause. <laughs> Cause no, nobody else is probably going to go buy, uh, a multi hundred thousand dollar car and then just cut the roof off of it. Like all willy nilly with a saw for a music video and then donate the, the, the money that you, you know, it's the charity. Um, so yeah, so it's, so it's difficult, but at the same time, like you should be able to, to be comfortable with the things that you want and the things that you own. So it's, it's just, it's just difficult. It's, it's, to me, it's a difficult situation. Cause like I said, I don't necessarily like to, to showboat, but in, in some cases, like it doesn't matter what you're going to do or what you're going to own. You probably own more than somebody else. You know, it's like that there's a video out there where it's like, the guy standing on the corner for the bus is looking at the guy in the car and thinking, or he's in the bicycle and he's like, man, I wish I could afford a car. And then the guy in the car is looking at the guy with it, you know, in the high end car. And he's like, man, I wish I could afford that car. And the guy in the high end car is looking at the guy in the sports car. And he's like, oh, I wish I could afford that car. And then the guy in the sports car is looking at a helicopter. And says, I want to get a helicopter, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So there's always going to be, you know, somebody else that's looking up to somebody sure. else for something else that they want something else something else something else yeah that but that could be positive motivation as long as you don't you know you, you don't uh again i don't, i think it's unhealthy to, to compare yourself on a, on a daily basis with other people and, and oh it definitely term, is <laughs> but 
it doesn't hurt to have somebody you can either look up to or just somebody that's done something like, oh, I want to do that. Like, that's good. That's positive motivation, but not, oh, uh, this guy has all this stuff and he's always flashing all his cash around. You know, I feel like crap. It could go one of two ways. Or you either feel like crap and say, oh, you know, maybe I can do some things to better myself. Not to say you're going to get to that level. Or maybe you will. I mean, you know, it depends on how much uh, how much input you want, well, effort you want to put into it. But it's it's good to have goals. And, again, as long as you're confident in what you're doing, as long as you have some kind of focus, hobby, passion, really, in your life, that's you know that becomes your your unique thing, and that's something nobody else can take away from you, no matter how many helicopters are flying around your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <coughs> you know, listening to um, <coughs> I was mentioning my friend Nikki earlier. I seen a video that she had uh, she was talking in, and she had mentioned something about um, having having these people that grow up and like the only thing that they dream for or or want and. And I and I'll, I'll preface this after the fact, but uh, is is money like and expensive things and 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 all that? It's like, but they don't have like they don't have like a a drive where it's like, well, what's the hobby? What's the thing that's going to propel you towards those things that you want? Um, but with that said, I've had people on my show before where they're like, well, you know, what was your childhood dream to be rich? I think I've had. To well, to be rich wasn't the exact words for one, like a couple of them, but there was the ge- the general gist of like I want to be financially okay, um, or well off either either one. But so yeah, so it's it's uh, yeah, I think by and large, I think that you 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 really need something that to latch onto rather other than like I just want to be rich. And I, I just want to have these cars and I want to have this and that. And um, utilizing that as a justification for yourself, to me, is really, it's, it's really tough. Uh, it's tough because you, that means you, you haven't given much thought as to what it is that you can contribute to the world to make, it, make you worth that. You know, that stuff that you want. It's it's definitely a uh, difficult topic for sure for some people to, to have to sit down and break it down to like, what is it that I want? How and how do I get there? And I mean, that's why I wrote the, the How to Dream book. That's why I have the talk. And, and in the talk and in the book, we talk about um, what kind of life is it that we want to live? You know, if we want to live in the country, <laughs> like in the countryside or, or, or farm or something like that, like we don't need to make as much money as we would if we wanted to live in, in like Manhattan. It's, it's, you just don't. So you need to know where, what, what kind of life it is you want to set yourself up for. Not just, I want a bunch of nice stuff. You could live in the middle of a farm, like in middle America where it's really cheap to live and have all the nice things and everything that you could possibly want. Um, but if, if what you wanted was to live in the city, you know, in, in New York or LA or wherever that's expensive, then you need to know that. Like you need to ask and answer these questions up front so that you're not making the wrong decisions before it's now, okay, now you have a lot more hurdles in front of you to make it what you want, you know, to make it go where you want it to go. Um, so, so yeah. So anyway, I think, I think we're going to wrap up here because (coughs) this cough and my throat and I have two talks to give this week. 
Uh, one in Philly, one in Camden. Really looking forward to them. Um, and hopefully I'll still be able to talk by then. <laughs> uh, what else is what else is going on tonight or this week? I I have I'm, I'm being interviewed. Uh, my girl uh, Kim um, is having me on her show, all talking about e courses and like the experience that I had building my own e courses, my own website and everything, and how I eventually went a different route altogether for it. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, I was supposed to go to a chamber of commerce meeting. I, I, I keep, I keep missing them because they're so early. They're like 8am, which isn't early, but it is like, it's early for me now, especially with her to get up and to, uh, have every, <coughs> excuse me, everything, all my ducks in a row in, in time for me to head out to, uh, to the meeting. So looking forward to going to that. And then at night I'll be in Philly, then I'll be in Camden, and then I don't remember where the rest of this week is. But yeah, there's there's quite a few things going on this week. So looking forward to to all of that. And there, there were some other topics I wanted to get to. I'll, I'm sure I'll get to them next week, including procrastination. Yeah, that's <laughs> been really bad about that. Uh, need to need to get better on the whole procrastination thing and, and talking about dealing with it. Um, Ava finally went to sleep. So that's why I got quiet during, uh, during the show here. <coughs> Aside from my coughing, Matt, uh, I really appreciate you, uh, coming, coming over talking. Yeah. It's always happy to be here next, uh, next week. You'll be moved to your new place. I will. I'll be so far away. How are we going to do this? Uh, I mean, there's always Skype. Or, you know, you could walk. Uh, yeah, I'm really not that far away. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's see. MobyMail.com. Go check it out. Uh, SuperJoePardo.com slash tube. Go check out the YouTube channel. Uh, and hit the subscribe button, the like button on this video and all the other videos. Uh, if you enjoyed the content. I know Ava fell asleep, so it must have been pretty boring. And my voice is really uh, <coughs> tired. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's about it. I'll put the videos <laughs> up, uh, of the Philly pod talk and the hope works in Camden later on either this week or next week. Hopefully I get that, that speaking gig for 450 people. Uh, late, I find out, I think it's in like October or November or something like that. Oh, and the, I have a conference. If you, if you love podcasting, if you want to come out, uh, in September, September 9th and 10th, uh, it's midatlanticpodcast.com. It's uh right now it's currently one hundred dollars to to sign up. That price is going up August second, so go check it out. Midatlanticpodcast.com. We have some awesome, awesome, awesome speakers coming. Uh, some Mark Asquith is one coming all the way from the UK, uh, as well as plenty of other speakers covering a wide range of topics from making money to creativity to um community building all like it's it's gonna be awesome i can't wait uh it's oh and we just got picked up by another sponsor too uh our friends over at aweber i'll also be live streaming i think in like two weeks i'll be heading over to aweber's uh their world headquarters is is actually just over the bridge in in pennsylvania so looking forward to that uh yeah all right so that that's it uh stay tuned because the interview this week is Robert Hartline. I forgot to mention him uh, 
I forgot to mention it before, but you and I try to mention the uh, episodes this week, or the interviews for each episode. Robert Hartline, he started his own uh, business. He's a great entrepreneur. He's doing big things. Really great guy. Glad I got to talk to him. Uh, stay tuned for After the Jump when you can listen to that interview. And uh, Ava is still... Oh, eyes are open. Maybe I shouldn't have did that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, talk to you next week. Joe, I have a challenge for you. What? What's that, Matt? I want you to give me a way to support the Dreamers podcast that's not only easy, but it's not going to cost me any money. Buy stuff on Amazon. Really? Yes. Go to superjoepardo.com forward slash Amazon. Update your bookmark for Amazon to that link, superjoepardo.com forward slash, <laughs> forward slash Amazon. Every time you make a purchase, I get money. Joe, in the time it took you to describe that, I've already done it, and I'm a slow typer. You know what? Why don't you go buy some uh, Mavis Typing Tutor on Amazon using the superjoeparter.com forward slash Amazon and help contribute to Dreamers Podcast. It'll be here in two days. Thanks, Amazon Prime. Hey, Dreamers. Today, I'm talking to Robert Hartline, who is making his dreams come true by helping people manage their sales teams. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, dude. Thanks for having me. Well, thank, thank you for being a part of this. I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your I, what I assume is a pretty busy day, even though it's pretty early uh, your time still. Man, it's like already 845 and I've already done a ton of work. <laughs> so, Robert, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? So for uh, for me, uh, I guess, you know, I grew up in, in Germany uh, on a military base. My dad was a music teacher for um, Dodds, uh, which is Department of Defense School System, so all the military folk. In Europe, um, they have a school system, and um, and because my dad was uh, affiliated with Dodds, we didn't really move around much. We stayed in the same place, so from second grade to graduating high school, I was always in Germany. But, um, you know, for me, um, I was kind of the band geek, and um, <clears throat> you, know, uh, you know, you're a DJ as well. I DJed in high school, and that was kind of my thing. And back then, you know, it's super expensive to be a DJ because you had to buy the, the, the records. So that dates me already, right? So now <laughs> I see these DJs, they got the cool setups that freaking does everything for them. And I'm just like, geez, back in my day, I had to have a freaking crate full of records. And man, when everything come out new, I had to have it. So uh, I'm always jealous of those guys. But uh, anyway, I just, um, I guess, uh, you know, uh, decided to come to uh, Tennessee, the the try the music business and discovered that I don't really like country music and I don't play guitar. So, um, I decided that uh, probably not, that wasn't for me. And so, uh, I, I started my sales career. Wow. Okay. All right. So yeah, I mean, well, Tennessee, well, Nashville, I guess in particular, um, I know that there was uh, quite a few producers who decided to go down to Tennessee to record, including, uh, well, I think Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z, because they're like, well, you know, they have all these awesome uh, sounds that come out of these studios, so maybe we should go and check it out, even though we're not country artists. Right. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there's a ton of artists that, that, that are not, not, have nothing to do with country that, that come to Nashville. Just, just in general, it's just a freaking awesome place to be. Um, and if you haven't been lately, um, our, our, I mean, we have, we have our own TV show on ABC. <laughs> I mean, we're like freaking Dallas from the eighties, but we have our own show right here, right now. Um, that's how a lot of people actually hear about, you know, think about Nashville is coming to visit. So, uh, we're, it's a bustling city. It's a fun place to be. Yeah. At some point I would love to, to come on down. My friend, uh, Logan, uh, Guloff, 
is is from there. Uh, he was oh, on Master cool. Chef Junior, so uh, I'd love to get down and and get to meet him, and and now get to see you as well. Yeah, perfect. So uh, definitely have a reason to come down at some point. Uh, so, all right. So let's let's talk about the first steps that you took once you were going to start transitioning uh, away from music and into into sales. Yeah, well, for, you know, for me, um, and I, like most people, um, you know, um, when you're when you're growing up, uh, the school system they need workers, right? The school system isn't trying to churn out entrepreneurs. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if nationally we we encourage entrepreneurship from an early age. Well, you know, I, I think the closest we get is the science fair when it's cr- or create an invention, and that's yeah. like, that was like in fourth grade. So, yeah, so yeah. about eight years, you know, of nothing else after that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, and you know, I, I guess this is a necessity. I mean, if we didn't, if, if we encouraged entrepreneurship, it makes you wonder. I mean, would we have the workers to do the work? Um, so it, it, it does make sense. And, um, but you know, for me, um, you know, I was, I was super lucky, uh, uh, I guess getting this just random opportunity to, to sell phones door to door. And I call it super lucky because, um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I was lucky in the fact that my first week I had some early wins that kept me going. Um, but you know, I see so many people that start a sales career and they get, um, they get, uh, you know, they get scared of uh, talking to a prospect or get scared talking to a, mostly talking to a stranger. And uh, if they don't have an early win the first couple of weeks of their first sales uh, career, they may go, well, sales isn't for me. I'm not good at it. I'm not, you know, uh, people won't buy from me. I'm just, you know, just not any good. And I tell everyone that we can, I, I don't really care who you are. You can always... Uh, get better at selling, whether you decide to make it a career or not. But I tell all my team members that come to work for me, I'll, I'll tell them, listen, I don't care what they told you in school. A salesperson can make more money on planet Earth than any other profession you can throw my way. I mean, the reality is the most successful people now, if we were just going to frame success around having a big fat bank account, they're salespeople. You know, I, I'd agree. I mean, even uh, even as entrepreneurs, you you need to be able to be good at sales, um, at least good, or at least not scared of sales in the first place. You know, uh, I I know me personally, sales is not my strong suit necessarily, unless I really a believe in the product and b uh, I hate doing cold calls. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So well, you, you know, know, I you know, there's you know, um, it, cold calls is a component of selling and. You know, there there are some uh, professional salespeople that don't do any cold calling because they have teams of people that are better at it. I I've rarely seen someone, and they are they do exist. I rarely see people that are great at cold calling and great at closing. You know, typically they're kind of one of the you know one or the other. Um, but you know, uh, cold calling I could I could spend a week talking about uh, cold calling and tips and strategies, but. Um, uh, you know, sales is much more than the cold call for sure. Yeah. You know, I, well, for me, me personally, on my experience, I was, um, I did do, well, not, they weren't cold calling, but they, it kind of was because, uh, we had one of our stores was not doing so well in the sales department. So they, they were like, Oh, Joe, you know, why don't you go up there and like be a salesman for a, you know, one day a week. And I'm like, uh, it's like an hour away from here. It's co- like I, it was mostly through the winter, you know, the winter months. 
So, you know, it's like, oh, you got out of the car, you're slipping on ice and, you know, and these people don't really want to see me in the first place because it's a store that's not really doing well for, you know, for so already on top. And then then you show up and and you're like uh, in their nest. Yeah. And I'm like 25 at the time, you know, so it it was just not for me. It's like, eh, not, not, not my, not my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, I, I'll tell everybody it, is, uh, there's so much information out there to help you sell and so many coaches and so many, I mean, the information's out there to be better. If, if you choose to be better, it's there. You just got to make the choice. Uh, I would agree. I mean, it, you know, especially with YouTube and blogs and articles and books and, and well, even TV shows, as we were discussing before we, uh, before we started recording about Nathan for you and the marketing tactics that he was using to, to help businesses get more customers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're out there, but you know, I, I could totally see like trying some of those in those situations. I, I mean, I don't know to the extreme of like putting an alligator behind a tiny door for, you know, the, the, somebody would have to crawl through and then walk past to get a TV <laughs> at a dollar or whatever it was. Um, uh, that, that, you know, that show is probably the best marketing show that I've seen on television. I think it's better than some of the Shark Tank and these other shows. But just because, you know, uh, uh, I, I think some of the best ideas that you see in marketing are the extreme ideas. Things that you just would not think about. Uh, you just would not, you know, I saw one the other day, which is a DHL um, uh, marketing tech. They did. They had giant boxes that they um, they um, put, uh, you know, uh, we we deliver faster or something on the cover, but they froze them. So all the ink, you couldn't see it. They look like black boxes are picking up. And then when they deliver them, they they turn bright yellow. And, you know, they're on New York City taking these big boxes all over and spreading the word, you know, from UPS and FedEx. So, you know, (laughs) those, you know, and that's what, you know, small businesses have to do to sometimes kind of stand out uh, and and to market. Yeah, it gives you that outside the box thinking. Um, And, and you know, I I would agree, especially from a marketing perspective, that it is a better show than, um, than Shark Tank. Though Shark Tank is a great show and, you know, watched every episode and, uh, followed it through through the years, but um, for for marketing from a marketing perspective, I, I don't think that it, it's necessarily uh, the sauce because you know you got to remember like with Shark Tank, they're taking an hour and a half talk and boiling it down to less than ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it, it's tough. Yeah, to and, and, and the you know Nathan, for you, if you haven't watched this on uh, County Central, for there's one that we're talking about, but the um, uh, the wild and crazy. You know, if you look at some of the ideas, if you could just tone down the wild and crazy, there's some validity to them possibly being a success. Uh, and, you know, he does something. This is what he does. You know, it either they're the cust- either the business owner is just naive or an actor. I don't know. I, I think they're just naive, but they're the typical small business owner who thinks very, very small about their business. And, um, and, uh, you know, you see this every day with clients that they, they, they think so bootstrap mentality that they, they're their worst enemy. No, I, I'd agree. I, I would, you just reminded me of the, um, the commercial in the bathroom. 
So as soon as you sit down to use the bathroom, uh, there's a comer- you know, a TV comes on and there's a little commercial for the restaurant. And and but the reason that came up was because he realized that nobody else had public bathrooms in within like a three or four block radius. So he's like, hey, there's our there's our opportunity. There we go. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. uh, but you know that's how. But but it's that same type of outside the box thinking that I think you know goes back to sales and goes back to you know marketing yourself and not necessarily marketing yourself, but coming up with ways that's marketing without actually being blatant about it right yeah yeah i i i remember when i oh i so i i have a chain of retail stores in in nashville and i was opening a store on west end a very busy street the 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 retail the actual store was on the second floor like is like retail desert like who freaking leases a space on the second floor that was just me not knowing any better and me trying trying to be cheap and etc and so I programmed my computer. So, you know, and this still holds true today. Most areas of town, the phone number is attributed. To, so the prefix of your phone, you got the prefix, the area code and prefix. So, you know, in our area, 615 and 321. Well, I, I, I made this Excel spreadsheet of 10,000 numbers. So, you know, 321-0000-0001-0002. So I wrote this script in uh, this modem for my computer, and I had the computer call every single number, and it would ring one time and hang up. Now, I changed my phone system to have a greeting, and it says, hey, thanks for calling I'll say blankety blank store on West End Avenue. Please hold while your call is connected. And the beauty of that is about 40% of the dials would have someone call back. Like, who was it? Like, why'd they call? And say they'd call back and then hear my message. And it didn't cost me a penny. <laughs> and so, but, you know, those are the things that, you know, you do as a, as a scrappy uh, business owner trying to make your mark and get attention. Um, and you know, to this day of all the crazy things I've done, the best thing that works is the freaking flyer and going to a business and hand it to someone. I mean, that works. <laughs> it, it does. It does. I mean, that's, that was one of the things, um, the key things that I'm, you know, working with in my family's business was, uh, not only just having having a flyer, but being different from all of our other competitors by it being color, which always bothered me because color is like crazy expensive. And we all know what happens when you when you mail out catalogs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> and then it's off into the trash. But uh, but, you know, the color compared to the competitors and, and, and they let that go on for well, actually, up until the, the business was sold last year, um, you know, they they just other competitors would always just do the black and white thing and mm-hmm. while we we my dad was always like we gotta have color gotta have i'm like you realize how expensive <laughs> this is because it's it's not just one page he would do yeah. like he would do um was it like the 11 by 17s and he would oh, bifold yeah. like two or three of them together and make like a book you know like uh like i mean a really basic book but but a book of sales yeah 
it's yeah. cra- it's crazy but you know it did it did help uh throughout the years and and that kind of stuff it stands out especially when you have a a desk full of papers and they're all black and white flyers from from the you know from our competitors and and that's the one thing yeah that's really a good point i i, I also say um it's always funny when <laughs> when we would get orders written down on notepads of our competitors cuz we don't do notepads we did the color flyers and we did a huge uh like a vendor uh, night where it was free you know free buffet it was a great buffet with seafood and stuff like that and open bar so that was like our big thing for like like since the 80s uh was bringing in our customers we bring 800 to a thousand people into into a hall and uh you know all the the vendors got there but um but yeah so we wouldn't we wouldn't do a lot of those notepad things. it wouldn't be until like way like towards the end of the, the the life of the company that we my dad would invest in that stuff but it was always funny that we'd get it like hey you know this is our competitors notepad but we're getting the order on it yeah <laughs> oh that's great so how did uh how did your family take all this the, well for, let's start with the music side of things that got you to nashville in the first place mm-hmm. Yeah, for for me, and I was a DJ. I, I love to do my. I, I wanted to kind of be a producer, and um, you know, I like the technical side of things. And the, the school I was going to is uh, had a program for recording industry management. Uh, but you know, one of the things I, I I noticed right off the bat was uh, you know how long it took someone to be successful, um, and uh, and the money that was being made was just so little um, that. You know, I, 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 I guess I just got um, distracted by how many other opportunities there were and I guess how faster it could go. So maybe you, know, you could say I could kind of took the easy way, but it took out it, it wasn't the easy way because it still was hard. I mean, um, but, uh, you know, for, for me, you know, the, the sales thing is kind of where I, my sweet spot and I, I, I like I like where we're at today. Well, okay. So, so when you made that transition, was anybody surprised that you made a transition into sales? No, not really. I mean, not really. I mean, uh, not really. Cause you know, I've been working at something, you know, since I was 12 delivering the stars and stripes newspaper and in, in the, the town I was in, but, um, the, uh, uh, you know, I've always had, uh, I call them side hustles. I've always had a side hustle. I have a side hustle now. Would never tell you about it, but we all have like uh, these things that we do, and like you know, we dabble with this, we dabble with that, and if it works, you keep kind of keep it going. I, I'm a big believer in income streams and uh, not not being locked into one particular uh, revenue source because it could change. I mean, I, I, I've been uh, you know I've been laid off before with companies, and you know, I've done you know I've. I've experiencing the you know, experience downturn with the economy, but you know if you have multiple streams of income, you're insulated from some of that. Um, and um, and so many people you know get so focused on you know this is what they do, and they do that forever. And I just get too uh, I'm so easily distracted. Um, I, I, I'll, I will do my business probably forever, but I'm going to do other things. And if I find interest in those other things, uh, I'll do that. But I always have a great team making sure the things I have created continue to flourish. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, like, like I said well, before the call, the call you were asking me, like, do you, do you, you do all this different stuff? And I'm like, yeah, because I would get bored. But, but also partly because I, I realized the 
uh, the need for having multiple in- income streams. I mean, what millionaires have at least three income streams? Seven. Is it seven? I thought it was seven. three. Yeah. Seven. Okay. So, uh, so I wouldn't even know what billionaire would be. I thought billionaire <laughs> was seven and millionaire was like three. I, uh, you know, I, I don't Maybe, maybe there's a difference between the two. I'm not you know, sure. it, it's, it's hard to envision. I don't know about you, but sometimes a hard, it's hard to, th- you know, you think about dreaming, like, could you dream to be a billionaire? It's like, Man, a million was so hard, you know. Now you got to do it 999 times, you know. It's like, whoa, that's just you got to increase the streams. That's all you, you know. That's you got to increase the investing, increase the and get and and there's some luck to it as well, you know. Things right? got to everything's got to go right, and it's not just in your world, but in you know you got to predict for everybody else's world because at that point your money's invested in so many different worlds that they all you know some of them have to go at least somewhat right and a couple of them have to go really really right mm-hmm. uh, to make yeah. that but you know I, I guess that's why it's like in in life we we need to find our own happiness first before yeah but <laughs> because money's not going to increase said happiness no, um, no it, I, and, I and you know I think there's a tipping and you might agree there I, I always see that there's a there's a tipping point with money right where it's like there's a certain amount of money that makes us like comfortable and then the prop like there's problems 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 coming up and then you level off at comfortable and then more problems you know it's as as the money continues to increase problems start to increase yeah and and you would think if you let's say let me just say your bank account was flush with 100 million you would think that you would isolate yourself from all the things of your day that you hate to do you would think you would have all these people in place that just made sure that, you know, everything to keep Robert happy, you know, you think that would exist, but I mean, they got struggles and stress just like you and I do, um, that, uh, would have zeros in the end that, that they, there's, you know, you know, that really f- would freak them out, you know? I mean, can you imagine having, you know, money in the, you know, a significant portion of money in the market and then watching the market do all these fluctuations and your, you know, your net worth is changing 20, 30 percent huge swings yearly, you know, with just different investments that don't work out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the game and um, it's, you know, well, what was it? A a good friend of mine used to say, uh, what was it? Wealth, wealthy people don't go broke; they go rich, and then rich people go like, uh, re- like regular or something like that. Like, like I'd rather I'd rather be wealthy than rich because I can still become rich after, <laughs> or, yeah, or or one yeah. or the other. Like the terms flip, but but it's like it goes from one to the other to the other before you go broke. <laughs> there you go. Uh, unless you're like Mike Tyson or or uh, MC Hammer or something like that, and you don't know <laughs> you don't know what the heck you're doing. Uh, but that's why I say when you win the lottery, you should go get yourself a money manager, um, you know, or a CFO of some of sorts, because you, you need to have somebody that knows how to take, uh, was it the, well, between the broke mentality and the, and the rich mentality, you have to, or, or abundance mentality, I guess, if you want to say, uh, you have to know how to, how to be, you know, work both sides of those and find like happy medium ground. Right. Yeah. So, Robert, what's been the biggest roadblock for you, dude? Uh, I think I think time. There's so much I want to do, and there's just not enough time. And you know, uh, for me, you know, I I guess I, you know I, I the last probably five years of 
uh, for me, um, was something that, you know, straight out of E-Myth, you know, I was Sarah in the bake shop, um, and I was the technician. I, I worked the store. I, um, I would open a store. I would fix phones. I'd sell phones. I would do all these things uh, that you would do in a retail business. And uh, I had this one day where, you know, I helped the wrong customer and I had, uh, you know, uh, the uh, some people from corporate come into my store one day and see a customer explode in front of me when they're coming to do a really important visit. And it was that moment on. I was like, why in the hell did I help this person? I have people to help these people um, that are better at helping customers than I will ever be. Um, and they're getting paid to help people. And why was I helping this person? And I was, you know, I used to have this belief that, you know, you, you, you know, be a good business owner. You got to, you know, get your hands dirty. You know, you got to get in the muck. You got to, you know, and no, that that's, and, and I'm, I, I learned, um, that, that, uh, I'm doing everyone a disservice if, if I am like everyone else, uh, in terms of doing the dirty work. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the goal of, uh, you know, entrepreneurship isn't really to, to run a business and, and be working in the business. You know, entrepreneurship is more like, you know, coming up with something, coming up with a new idea and launching it and doing something with it. And then a true cellular, cellular entrepreneur is going to do multiple things and always have things churning. And so being a technician and working in the business is just insane. Um, and you can't grow a business if you were helping a customer. Uh, you just can't, you know. And I, 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 you know, I talk about this with a lot of um, entrepreneurs that maybe they're solar entrepreneurs and they they have this mentality. They're the salesperson. There's, you know, they they actually build the website. You know, they do all these things. And the reality is, you know, you need to outsource, you know, all of that because, you know. And this is something I, I tell people all the time too. Is like, listen, if something happens with my two hands, and let's say I was a dentist, and something happened with my two hands, and I had a ski accident and I broke my arm, what would work be like on Monday? You know, what could I see patients? No, probably not. Now I probably may have some insurance, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lose clients because of my hands, uh, and. So many people are still using their hands every day to, to run their business and uh, when there should be a team of people that run your business because, you know, I don't work for the company. The company works for me and it works for me and it pays me. And so that's what the company that you build or your business you're, you're, you're building, it should be working for you. You should be working for it. So I, for what, I guess what was holding me back, I, I was just in this, this frame of mind that I, I got to do everything. And so I got into a... Uh, a mastermind group about eight years ago or so. And that for me has been just, you know, totally changed things for me. You're still with that mastermind group. Yeah. It's, it's called the CEO Roundtable, And, um, um, I'm in that one and I'm also in EO entrepreneur organization. Oh, very um, cool. So that, that's been very helpful for you to, to get you out of that, that mindset of you have to. Yeah. Do yeah. I mean, uh, it, you know, if, if, Anybody listening to this not in a, in a mastermind, I, I promise you, you your your income. If you were to if you were going to compare yourself with another business of equal revenue or whatever, and and 
uh, one guy starts getting into a mastermind, the other guy does the same thing he's been doing. Within a year, um, you're going to outperform your competitor, the other guy. You're just going to do it because you're going to learn so much. And peer-to-peer learning is where it's at. Having a safe place to talk about your problems um, with people who have similar problems. Uh, you know, in EO, they really train this thing called Gestalt, which is uh, the the act of giving advice based on a personal story. So, Joe, if you said, you know, you got this issue with this person and da-da-da, uh, if you're in an average mastermind, you're going to have a bunch of people talking about what they do. And the reality is they don't have this, this, they don't have the stories behind the advice they give. And they're giving, and there's lots of people giving crappy advice. And one thing that's happened to me a couple of times from uh, general conversations with people is I'll, I'll tend to, um, I'll tend to um, listen to someone with gray hair and think they know what they're talking about. You know, I, I hired this uh, coach one time that when I started uh, call proof, and you know. I'm taking advice from someone that never ran a SaaS business before. And he had me going around town meeting uh, local business owners uh, to talk about my software. And, you know, my market is in North America. So I can sell anybody in North America. And I can do it from the comfort of my computer on a on a webinar and, and make sales and build relationships with customers. I don't need to get in my car and sit in traffic and go visit somebody. And so I, I took bad advice from that guy. And um, so anyway, Gestalt is, you know, if you have a uh, if you have an issue, I would tell you a story about something that happened to me and how I handled the decision and, and how it relates to your decision. And I'm not going to give you advice unless I've been there, done that. So that's one advantage is, uh, of being an EO, because that's the foundation of EO is uh, the Gestalt method of advice. Not playing the what if game. Yep. <laughs> no, I love that. That, that. that that is really awesome. I mean, that's great advice on top of you know giving great advice uh, based on experience rather than you know what your thought or what you would be. Because even when you give advice based on what you think would or what you would do or what you think you would do, um, the the remember there's two sides to every story, and you're only getting one side of that story yep. to begin with. So. You know, a lot of times when I hear stories, I, I like I'm I'm thinking to myself like, well, this doesn't set like it's something about this doesn't feel right. Like there's mm-hmm. there's got to be more to the story. Like there's there's details here that matter to me and into what decision I would make, but they're not able to give them to me, or they're just not giving them to me, or they don't look deep enough into it. Like I always over I notorious for overanalyzing things so uh so for me it would be it would be difficult um just a lot of times to give that kind of advice without knowing those things unless i have Mm -hmm. a story which i try to give uh whenever i do Mm -hmm. robert when you were a kid though living in germany how how long did you live in germany uh from when i was eight to 18 so 10 years so yeah Yeah. majority of your childhood um uh, what was your childhood dream growing up? Was it to be a DJ and, and slash producer? Yeah, you know, I, I look back at it, and um, for whatever reason, I was really into music and digital music. And, uh, you know, my dad got me uh, an Amiga. That was probably the most important uh, thing I had. And, you know, keep in mind, you know, growing up in the 80s, 
in Germany, uh, there was one television station called AFM, which is Armed Forces Network. So I wasn't distracted with TV because there was nothing to watch. You had one station. And um, uh, and um, I did have a computer, but guess what? I had no internet. So like right now, Joe, if your internet stopped working, you would be like, what, what am I doing sitting in front of this box? Like you would go away. You wouldn't use it, you know? You would be like, it's broken. I, I can't, I got to do something else. But, you know, I, I sat in front of a computer, um, you know, a good bit of my childhood in, you know, tinkering with, with music. And, um, and, you know, I, I've attempted in here recently to, to bring it back and, and start, you know, releasing some creative energy. I just, uh, there's just not enough time in the day to, to do things you enjoy. But, uh, you know, for me, um, I, I didn't have the typical distractions that the average American kid would have. And, and, you know, the average American kid back in, back in the eighties had MTV and a thousand shows to watch and tons of fun things to do. And really the town that I was in, there was nothing going on. So I was either in front of my computer or riding my bicycle and creating havoc in our town. Oh, I love that though, though. So to give credit to myself, I would probably, um, do well, I mean, I would probably do some writing or something like that, but yeah, the, without the internet, I mean, so much of what we do on the computer nowadays relies, uh, on, on, on hinging on the internet, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean like outside of doing some writing or, or maybe I'd play, I'd probably play some games, but I, well, games that wouldn't, I don't play online. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, so like, then it, it, it <laughs> narrows the, the things you can play, doesn't it? Yeah, well, a little bit, but I, I only like, I would go play PlayStation, which I don't play online anyway. I just play like Madden and, and NHL like campaigns or, or whatever. But, um, so, you, so I get that feel of being a GM and tr- making trades and, and uh, cap and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it does. It really does limit. Like when the internet doesn't work here, it's, it's, a, it's a bit limiting uh, what I can do. Uh, though maybe I, I would get to use the turntables that are sitting to the right of me right, that, I, that I've been neglecting for the last year and a half. There we go. <laughs> so, all right. So with all that said, Robert, uh, and you kind of alluded to it, but what do your dreams for the future look like? Uh, for me, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I want to build, uh, I, I want to create an incubator for, uh, you know, uh, uh, potential uh, entrepreneurs that want to go out and create something. And I want to try to eliminate some of the hurdles that, that uh, I guess the, a lot of these incubators uh, are, I mean, we, we have an EC entrepreneur center in, in Nashville does great work and, but I think the model is broken because a lot of these kids, um, and I just say kids, uh, you know, people with great ideas, uh, they come to these centers and they become these uh, PowerPoint pitch deck education system. And, and they're, they're really building pitch decks, but not building businesses. And so, you know, what we're asking for an entrepreneur to do to start a business, I mean, we're asking them to obviously have an idea, uh, pitch to investors, uh, build and design a website, and then actually build whatever the tool is or the, the platform is, you know, find customers, deal with the billing, uh, you know, deal with customer support, um, deal with UI, uh, deal with marketing, deal with direct selling. And you're asking them to do all these things? Like, how long is that going to take to, I mean, it, it, it take it took uh, so I have a, a service called Call Proof I started five years ago, and you know I feel like I'm st- 
I'm still, we're constantly building on it. And it's taken five years. And some people, they only read TechCrunch and they'll see some of these just overnight successes, which is very, uh, it's, it's not what the real world is like. I mean, it's very hard to do all these things. So, you know, if I, you know, ultimately I, w- I want to have a, a, um, you know, incubator that basically is just like a factory. We have a marketing department, design, UI, everything already ready. And we just take an idea and quickly build the site and all the bones behind it and launch and then focus on getting customers. And that's really what the entrepreneur should be doing. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what I would like to do. So that's my dream. So, so you've been watching Silicon Valley then? Yeah, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> I, I love it because it's, it, it's exactly what I hate about it. You know, I even hate the word startup. It, it kind of grosses me out. And the reason I say that is they, they've made this term, it's like cool. Hell, if you started a plumbing biz tomorrow, business tomorrow, are you going to be called a startup? Is that sexy? No. <laughs> no, no. You know, but no. but these guys are doing it every day, but nobody's giving them attaboys and thinking thinking they're cool. But they're doing hard work. It's hard to find and build a customer base in in, in a competitive you know business like plumbing. But it's not sexy, right? And so and they don't get the respect. You know, guys cleaning the toilet. I mean, but he's taking as much risk or more starting his business than some joker that came out of Ivy League school that. Thinks his shit don't stink, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's don't get me on this road, man. Oh well, you know it. It, it is a um, it is a uh, it is a term that. Well, you know what it is because it's been linked to tech startup, and I I think that's where it's like the the we start dropping the tech part and it's just like we're you know we associate as a tech it's just like on shark tank everyone comes in oh we're a tech company it's like well not really you're just kind of loosely pulling that word tech because you use computers to do what you do yeah i mean if you went to a coffee shop in silicon valley and said what do you do "Ah, i have a startup everyone has a startup everyone like even if they don't they have one Well, how else are they going to get the millions of dollars, you know, for their investors or from investors for their startup if they don't have a startup? You gotta, you gotta yeah, start that's, somewhere. That, that's, see, that's what's so that's what's so broken. I mean, the the, the start a business, you don't need investors. You don't. You don't unless your idea is crazy, out of this world, huge. But you better have uh, uh, you better have a way into that market to sell whatever you think you're going to create. And so, you know, the only person I'd ever entertain investing in is someone that came from a niche that has a problem that needs to be solved because they had thousands of customers they worked with all the time that needed this fix. And all we have to do is build it and they're ready to sign up. That's exciting, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. And and as long as they have the background. I mean, you see Mark Cuban, it's like, oh, so you guys started like a security, you know, a network security company. Which one of you guys is a network guy? Oh well, we hire. So I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. it doesn't work that way. You need to know, like, you need. To, it's just like going to a restaurant, right? You you need to be able to cook. Like, the, even if you hire a chef, um, he better be a partner in the restaurant because otherwise, you, you need to know how to cook. Because yeah. there's days where they're not going to be there, or they quit, or something happens. Like somebody needs to know how to cook. Mm-hmm. 
So it better be you or like your wife or your husband, or you better make that chef a partner because mm-hmm. they they need to be invested in being there. So, Robert, also, you better be invested in wanting to be at a restaurant very early in the morning. Yeah, there you <laughs> like, go. It's like my wife is always like, oh, we should, get, we should own a bakery. It's like, I don't want to be at no place. That, like, look, I did retail. Like, I, this, that's like worse than retail. I got to be there at like 4 oh, a.m. Imagine having to get up that early. Every day? No. Then why? No, that thank you. Mean, yeah. <laughs> to make the, make the donuts. <laughs> well, here's the other trap you'd fall into. You know, she's. She thinks owning a bankery would be awesome. I mean, can you imagine she met some some woman who's like, oh, I would love to run it for you. And you put her in business and you open this bankery and then she leaves. Yep. <laughs> and then now, you, now you're there at three in the morning. Yeah. It's probably earlier. No, that the risk there is re- – no, no thanks. <laughs> Not yeah. for me. Um, <laughs> so, Robert, before we share how people can connect with you, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? You know, you know, for me, you know, being a dreamer is, um, you know, I have three things, three things that I do, uh, in my world. And so, and I I learned this from Jack Daly and, and that is, um, I lead, I learn and I think, and if I'm not doing those things in my day and I'm being a technician in my business, I've done something wrong. And so, you know, um, figure out what your three things are that you do. Uh, and really focus on what those things, three things are, because um, there's no way you're going to be able to get to the dreaming part if you're in the middle of it. Oh, I, I agree. You can't work in your business. You got to work on your business. And you got it. Uh, that's that's the way a lot of people don't um, don't quite understand that. Now, with that said, there is that that startup process where you do need to be doing it bootstrap and and do things as cheap as you possibly can. The bet, you know, the best bang for the buck that you can get uh, when the money isn't there because you don't want to overstretch your boundaries and then be in debt and all that. Uh, or take some big big <laughs> huge loan to try to make it all work because you, you, that's a big gamble. Um, so how, how can people connect with you, Robert? So, man, I'm easy to reach. I have a blog out there, callproof.com forward slash blog. You know, we have an app for outside salespeople, uh, on Android iPhone helps manage the daily activity salespeople do, but you can reach me at Robert at callproof.com. Very good. I will have those in the show notes. so Everyone can connect with you, Robert. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, dropping all this knowledge here. And and just it it was great to get to know you as well. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, man. You take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.